Zen Parenting Radio. My name is Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. And we are brought to you by Avid and Poofin. And today we are going to be talking about reflections on the big story last week uh, that happened at Penn State University. Yeah. And uh, we're not going to go with the whole... I've been listening to a lot of sports radio. And to be honest, I'm sick of hearing about it. Mm -hmm. But we're going to take it into a healthier, different direction on how we can use this as a lesson. Right. A helpful direction. A helpful direction. Because I I think that one of the things that bothers me about this story, but just bothers me in general, is there's just a lot of blame. You know, it's this person's fault, it's this person's fault, it's this person's fault. And even though, of course, we have to, you know, figure out who should not be working at a university anymore, I think that's a valuable thing to decide. There are, you know, a lot of those things are out of our control and meaning that we can't control other people, you Mm -hmm. know, um, what we can do is have a practice within our own home of having a really open communication with our kids. So if they are struggling with something as serious as abuse, like someone had touched them or even said something to them that was inappropriate or, you know, sometimes we're, we're too focused on it has to be this really awful thing. It could just be something like someone was disrespectful to them. Well, and I didn't tell you this, but I listened to, I was, I had some driving this weekend and I listened to a guy, um, I downloaded something that a guy talked about, you know, warning signs and sexual abuse and things like that, because I really don't know other than what everybody else knows about sexual abuse. But, you know, it was a, a, pre, a presenter who talked about what you should look out for that's and all that. That's his expertise. Yeah, yeah, that's his expertise. And one thing, I'm going to share a few things that I learned from it today. But one thing he talked about was um, that um, it's not necessarily just physical. Like, you can be abused verbally by just some guy, some kind of random person talking dirty to a little kid. Well, and that that's called emotional abuse. And I don't don't know if we've talked about this on the show. I talk about it with my uh, sociology class all the time that I teach because they, you know, will say things like, well, yeah, but the guy didn't hit me or the guy didn't hit her. But then we, we talk about what the person actually did do. And they said awful things and made them feel awful. And as you know, this kind of is a metaphor, but you know, when you're hit, you can actually see the damage. And when someone speaks to you poorly or negatively or, or makes you seriously uncomfortable, the scars are inside. And sometimes those scars inside are worse than the scars on the outside. Because they're hidden and people don't understand them and they don't validate them. Right. They'll say, well, at least you didn't get hit. Right. Or, you know, and, and really those things can be just as damaging and like you said, or even more damaging to right. someone's psyche over the long term. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're going to base this off of the, your Chicago Parent blog. Yes. And you had three points. Or, yeah. So it, the Chicago Parent blog, it's basically just a reflection on this whole thing and it's about how to kind of bolster the communication in the home so you feel like you are connected enough with your child that they can actually tell you when something's going on with them. Because working with, I've been working with families a long time and what families always say to me is, but you know, my child knows that they can tell me anything. And so I'm not worried about it. Or I can't believe my child didn't tell me. I thought my child would tell me everything. And sometimes we unconsciously, unknowingly, talk to our kids in such a way or interact with them in such a way where they learn through your actions that they really can't tell you everything. It's not your intention, Mm -hmm. but your actions demonstrate to them that, no, I really shouldn't tell my mom this because she'll freak out or because of my past experience. And, and the first one, which I think will be surprising. So like Todd said, there's three things, there's three points in this article I wrote. The first one is don't force your children to hug and kiss people. Mm Mm-hmm. Including family. Including family. And that, I think, and we've talked about that a little bit on the show, but 
that is probably a little shocking to certain parents and it's even something I've struggled with because um, I know that um, certain grandparents really adore it when their grandchild shows phys physical affection. Absolutely. And it's very challenging for me to allow one of my kids to, if they choose not to, hug grandma or grandpa goodbye. That's hard for me. Right. And that is because I don't want to disappoint my parents. Right. Or your parents right. or whatever. And so I think one of the, when we're getting ready for the show, you're talking about, but, but you're parents and grand the grandparents are old enough to understand or they or if they don't understand at least we can explain to them why we're doing what because we're doing because they're mature adults they're mature adults relatively speaking because we were talking about what let's ask each other these questions or let's ask these questions why do we force our children to kiss and hug people they don't know very well especially when it's like a friend and you're like go kiss them goodbye and it's mm -hmm. like why do we do that mm -hmm. number one because we want to look like good parents yep um, number two, because we want the recipient to be happy. Yep. Or number three, because we were made to do that, so we think we should. But did we ever like doing that? Right. I don't think so. Right. And the reason why this is important is you guys are probably saying, well, what does that have to do with anything? Mm -hmm. Well, children have their own as we all do, they are very instinctual. They're very sensory. They pick up on things. They're very they listen to their emotions. Mm -hmm. They listen to their feelings. And they're not comfortable usually kissing and hugging other people and they'll say I don't want to and we'll say no you need to you should and they're feeling something that we are then telling them to override we're saying they're having an instinctual response like I don't want to hug that person we say no you do it anyway and so when you do that to a child or to anyone for a long period of time they start to not trust their own instincts that doesn't mean if your child doesn't want to hug grandpa that grandpa's a bad guy it just means they aren't comfortable enough yet to be that intimate and I can tell you from my own family's experience, my youngest, Skylar, has now, is now hugging and kissing when right. people leave. And both my mom and my dad and my aunt said, it's so great now mm. when Skylar gives us a hug because we know it's coming from her. Yeah, it's organic. It's organic. She's never been forced and she never really cared much about giving hugs and kisses. And now she runs up to them mm -hmm. and it's completely her choice. There has been a trust built up. She loves these people. She knows, you know, that everything's safe and she feels it in her gut. And then she hugs. Right. It takes, um, and it sometimes takes a long time. Skylar's been a huge part of these grandparents' lives for four years, but now she's finally at the stage where she'll organically go give grandma, grandpa, or Aunt Peg a kiss or a hug. Right. And before it didn't happen. It didn't, or it would really sporadically, or, or maybe she would do, like what she would always do with my dad is back into him. Right. And let him kind of give her a little hug, but she did it her way, and I think... The thing we have to understand is going back to those questions, why do we force our children? We do it because we want the recipient to be happy. Mm -hmm. What about our kids? Right. Why are we making them uncomfortable so we make other people comfortable? Right. It's a really crazy thing when you think about it. Yes, it is. I understand that. Um, what was your number two? Number two <laughs> is, um, what is my number two? I don't know. You have the article right in front of you. I, mean, I know. I'm forgetting. Oh, I know. Listen without lecturing. And we've talked about this before. Um, it's just we're putting it in another context. When children come to you and they tell you something about someone like, um, you know, oh, I feel kind of uncomfortable about around Uncle Joe or Uncle Joe kind of bugs me. Let's say Uncle John. Let's say Uncle, yeah, because we have an Uncle or John. Uncle in our family. <laughs> or Uncle Drew. <laughs> I feel really uncomfortable around Uncle John or Uncle Drew. And then the first thing we say, because that makes us uncomfortable that they're uncomfortable mm -hmm. around a family member, is, oh, that's crazy. Right. They love you. You tell them why they're wrong. You tell them why they're wrong. Or they'll say about the babysitter, mm -hmm. you know, what's a good babysitter name? 
Um, we got, we've had a bunch of them. Let's, let's just make one up. Megan. Megan. Okay. So, you know what? I don't like it when Megan comes over. And then we say, oh, but Megan loves you. Your dad and I love Megan. And she plays games with you. She plays games with you. And the child doesn't get validated. So, instead of us convincing him why they're wrong, what should, in your opinion, be the reaction of the parents? Okay, I'm I'm, I'm the kid. Uh, I don't like it when Megan comes over and babysits. Really? How come? Uh, Just because I just don't like it. Can you tell me more about that? I'm interested. Uh, Well, sometimes, um, you know, we do things that I don't really like. Tell me about some of the things you don't like. And you don't have to come up with these. But do you see how we're keeping the conversation going? Right. Instead of... Instead of slamming it and shutting it down. And the thing is, is as I say in this article, it's usually little stuff. I'm not saying that if your child says they don't like grandpa, that something's going on, you know, scary. What I'm saying is let them be validated in that feeling. They may not like the games Megan plays. And then they can talk about it. They may not even need you to do anything. They just want to talk about it and feel heard, Mm -hmm. you know. And, and And if they have an experience with you... Where every time they tell you they don't like something or somebody, you always say, no, you're wrong mm-hmm. in a roundabout way. When something shameful or fear-inducing is happening to them, do you think they're going to come to you? Right. If, you know, and, and that is a very small percentage of that happening, but they will feel like, I can't go to mom and dad because they're not going to either believe me or they're not going to understand. Right. And it, and it was my idea to talk about this just because the Penn State thing was such a, a big deal. And, you know, I think every parent has a fear of anything bad like that ever happening to any of their children and um one of the things i learned just from hearing this you know expert on it is the first thing and this might come obvious but most of the time when kids are abused in any way it's almost always from somebody they know so we spend all this time about not talking to stranger danger Mm, exactly but instead um we should be talking we should be having Discussions not just about stranger danger, but about your the, your coach for your basketball league. Or and we don't even need to zone in on a person. What we need to do is trust children to trust their instincts. Right. We need to allow children to speak their mind. We need to allow children. We need to teach them to understand their bodies. Mm-hmm. Or we don't even need to teach them. We just need to honor mm-hmm. their own. Because the thing is, is we when. You know, we're just like any other mammal. We feel fear, okay? It's instinctual. But what we do is we override Mm -hmm. our feeling of fear with rationalization in the brain. Mm -hmm. Again, this is another brain-heart thing. Our heart feels fear, like we're with someone and you feel uncomfortable. And then you go, oh, I'm sure it's nothing. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be rude to this person. Um, Actually, last week on Oprah's Life Class, she talked about this. You watched that with me. Yes, I did. They had that fear expert on, and he was saying... You know, that is the craziest thing. It makes humans so crazy because we're just, you know, it's like when a deer Mm -hmm. is sitting there eating, Mm -hmm. they feel Mm -hmm. that people are around and they run. Well, and not everybody saw that life class, but it said exactly what you're describing. But the one thing I wish it talked about, which it didn't do, was there's times when, you know, a lot of times when I get in the car in, in the dark, I... My brain always like, oh, I think, I hope there's not somebody with an axe in the back of that car. But see, we talked about the, the difference is that's your brain. Right, but how do you know the difference between your brain and your, because and your, your intuition? Because your heart is a feeling. 
you have a, an intuition is a second response where it's like when you're walking down the street and you feel someone behind you, mm -hmm. you feel, you don't even need information. You don't even need to see the person's face. You feel uncomfortable. That's the instinct you honor. It's kind of like, um, as far as animals go, when the tsunami happened. Yes. And the animals knew. They all bailed. They yes. all went to the high ground, you know, even though they couldn't feel anything. They yes, couldn't, they could feel it. Well, they couldn't like feel the, um, you know, the water coming their way. Not literally, right. but I, I would disagree and say I think they could feel it coming. I think what I'm saying is their sensory perception, their physical, like it's not like they heard a tornado was coming or they heard that water was... Oh, I see. Water they didn't like watch the news. Right. Well, they, like <laughs> there wasn't any obvious physical thing going on that, that sent a message to them. They okay. intuitively knew. They intuitively knew, yes. Right. So I that's kind of what I'm saying. So. I hear what you're saying. Um, but the thing is, when you think there's somebody in the back of the car with an axe, how do you know if it's your brain or your heart? Because you just watched Friday the 13th, so that's why you think that. That heart is, instinct is immediate. When Actually, uh, Manisha and I were just having this talk yesterday. Fear is when it's something you carry around with you that you're worried about all the time. That's right. not instinct. That's a messaging that you have in your head that you carry around, like someone's going to grab my kid. That's not instinct. Mm -hmm. Instinct is when you stand outside or you're standing somewhere, you're in an elevator or, you know, I'm just trying to give an example, and you feel uncomfortable. Something is not right. That's instinct. And so, like, you know, say you're standing, you're, we're sitting here right now. If someone was standing behind you and walked in very quiet, you wouldn't be able to see them, right. but you would feel it. Right. That's an extrasensory perception. ESP. Yeah, even though it's different, like people think of ESP as being one thing, but really it's ESP. Mm -hmm. You feel somebody, and we will sometimes be like, no, it can't be because whatever, or I'm going to be nice to this person and not make them uncomfortable, So, and I'll be uncomfortable. You know what I'm afraid of? What? I'm afraid of some of our listeners not buying a poofing gift for their kid for Christmas. That would be frightening. That would be horrifying. That would be really scary. That's what we call a transition. <laughs> so Poofin, Poofin is our sponsor. So stay tuned for the next part, my That's number right. three. We got a lot of good we things lot, coming up. We got a lot to go. So Poofin is this awesome holiday gift. Yes. So if you guys are looking for holiday gifts for kids... You, and we're not even blowing smoke, you guys. We're, I mean, we're sounding salesman-ish, but we love this thing. We mm -hmm. give this to everybody. So it's this pillow that's amazing to sleep on, right? It's soft. It's fluffy. It's in the shape of a star. You can choose red, blue, or pink. And then it has this hole in the middle where you can put charms that represent who a child is and, and what they love and what they believe in. And then children collect these charms, and it's a great gift. Like you give this to them for um, Christmas or for the holidays, and then at Valentine's Day you can get them another charm, another charm to put in there. So it's like the gift that keeps giving. Or you can have your kid um, go to the website and make their own charms. Make their own charms so they can take pictures. That's right. And have them screened onto these little charms. These little charms are little pillows too, so you can keep sleeping on the pillow. Mm. It's not going to make it, you know not easy to sleep on or anything. And so it's just this amazing gift. And the reason Todd and I love it so much is it's a complete, uh, it's, it's the child's ability to explain who they are, express who they are, be who they are, hold it tight to themselves, like know who they are, and then be able to talk to other people about why they picked the charms they did. So coupon code is ZenCharm. You get some type of deal if you put in ZenCharm. Uh -huh. And then Poofin Gift 4, if you buy four at a time, 
uh, gift sets, then you get some significant discount. And it's poofin.com. Okay. So and also out. like their Facebook page. Oh, yeah. Like Please. their Facebook. Yeah. So it's just poofin. Just go to poofin or go to our Facebook page and, and like us also. And um, so know, if poofin. you don't have anybody you want to buy anything for, just like their Facebook page. Yeah, just like it. Um, I'm also fearful of somebody calling a different general contractor other than Avid. That would be so creepy. I would be so scared. <laughs> Painting, remodeling, uh, Avid company, 630 956 1800. Uh, they could do painting, remodeling, additions in your house in the Chicagoland area. It, avidco.net, and if you listen to the show, you know how much we love them because they've done a fantastic job with um, not only our house, but they do work for Todd with his buildings mm-hmm. and just all this great stuff. And um, we just trust them immensely. They're very honest and grounded and down to earth, and they're just great people. And they're very busy. They're, they are. So if you need them, give them a call. They're busy in a very down economy, which tells me that, that they're doing something right. That's what we always say to them. We know that they, they have a good business uh, method. So when I was listening to uh, this expert, one more thing, and then we'll get to your third point, okay. was that um, whenever I think of child abuse, sexual child abuse, I think of a boy and a man, mm-hmm. like uh, a coach, a you know, unfortunately, somebody in clergy, stuff like that. Yeah, the stories we hear on the news, right? Right. So, um, but I, they all, the guy also said that it happens to women by women. And I, I just, not to say that that doesn't happen. It's just, it's not the first thing that jumps into my mind hmm. is that it's not just these creepy, dirty old men that it could be anybody. Are you saying that women um, are, uh, are sexual se- abusers of children? Yes. Oh, yeah, for sure. And it's, you know, I, I guess the reason I say that is... I'm always on my guard whenever my children are with somebody random right, who's a man. Right, who don't know, right. But, but it doesn't necessarily have to be just men. I guess no. you keep your guard up for everybody. Or you just keep your instincts open, right? Keep your instincts open. Yeah. Don't be afraid just no. for the sake of being afraid. No, because there's so many people who don't let their kids run around in their yard or mm. don't let them play at a park without being super close to them. And, you know, that's not only hard for you, but I really do think it's harmful for them. I think that we have to teach our children that they're, you know, to trust their instincts and to not be with someone they don't know. But they're, like you said, it's not like there's a lot of people standing behind trees ready to snatch up our children. Right. That's like one point. One percent of the you know the the people who victimize children. It's usually like you said, someone they know, mm-hmm. and, and, so, and sometimes even family members. Yeah, scary, scary. I know, and so we have to keep that communication open. So even if it's um, you know, so the kids know that they can come to us regardless of who it is or what's going and, on. And you know, I'm trying to think of things that we do. Like we're trying to get at the source, not like after something happens. We're trying to prepare our kids at, and be smart about it. Right. You know, things that we say the only people that touch our private parts are our mommy and daddy right. when they're changing their diaper or whatever, um, or a doctor when you're in a doctor's appointment. Because I'm present. Right, because exactly. you're there. And that's it. Really, Nobi- that's it. Nobody else. Yep, that's it. And that in teaching them about their bodies, which we've already done a show on this, um, so we'll repost that show on our Facebook page since we're talking about it, but just that we have to let our children understand their body mm-hmm. so they know what What's a on, bad touch would yeah. be or what is uncomfortable. And then, and so if an adult said to them, no, this is a good thing, they would already know, right. no, it's not. Right. Or this doesn't make me feel comfortable, therefore I'm going to say no, which isn't easy for kids. Sure. But we've got to help them to trust themselves. Yeah. And, and we think, oh yeah, I tell my kid I trust them all the time. It's not words, you guys. Yeah. It's actions. Mm -hmm. It's how we respond to what they tell us. And so the last one. Yeah, what's your third point? My last one, um, I debated a long time about this one, but I like it. I decided I really do like it. Um, It's about if your children are disrespectful to you, 
Love them anyway. Oh, I was going to say lock them in the attic. <laughs> and the reason, remember Flowers in the Attic? I do. We've talked about those books. Do you remember? Uh, let's see. Flowers in the Attic. Petals in the Wind. Petals in the Wind. If There Be Thorns. Oh my gosh. I can't believe you remember My these. mom read all these books. So did I. And it's weird because when you look at the cover, it's like a picture of like a grandma. And then you open, open the cover up, up yeah. and it's like creepiness. Exactly. And that's why we were so drawn to it. But I read... There was a fourth one, wasn't there? Um, If There Be Thorns and then it is... I don't know. There was a fourth one. But it was kind of creepy. We talked about how... Those books are about incest, basically. Ugh, I mean, it was about abuse. But yeah. then, then Chris and Kathy, Christopher and Kathy end up getting... Weren't those like crazy bestsellers too? Oh yeah, they were like the uh, twilight of the time. It just met people's ego. I'm speaking of Breaking Dawn opens this weekend. Can't wait. Are you going to get mine and do the midnight thing? I'm not doing the midnight thing, but I'm going to see it this weekend. I love Dracula movies. It's not Dracula movies. Uh, They're Dracula movies. Let's do a show about Edward next week. Yeah, let's not and say we did. Okay, going back to this, be respectful. If No, your children are disrespectful to you. Be loving toward them. And this is not easy. Very challenging. Very challenging. But this is why we talk about self-care all the time. Because if you're taking care of yourself and you're a conscious parent and you're aware of who you are and that kind of thing, it's not as hard. Mm-hmm. If you're full all the time and all you are is impatient and annoyed, then you are going to respond negatively. But if your child is being disrespectful to you, what parents often do is become kind of kid-like and start treating their child the way that the child is treating them. Well, if you're going to say that to me, then I'm going to say it back. And if you're going to do that, I'm not going to do it. And we, you know, we start being like a kid right. with them. So what we're teaching them is very immature behaviors. We stoop down to their immature level. Exactly. They don't have the life experience we do. No, and they don't know how to deal with their feelings. So yeah. I want to summarize this really quick so we can talk about something else. If kids are being disrespectful and they're really challenging you and they're pushing limits and they're acting out, they're probably having strong feelings about something. I'm not saying it's necessarily that they're being abused or harmed, but something's going on in their life. If it be friends, schoolwork, discomfort, pain, whatever, and they may need to talk about it. And if they're pushing you and you're pushing back and doing grudge holding and guilt tripping, then they're not getting their needs met. One thing that I know that I really try and do, and it's not easy, but, um, you know, like, Cameron lately has been pushing limits a little more. Yes, she and has. so I, you know, I'm no, I notice it and I will say things back to her. Like, sometimes I need to take a break before I talk to her because I'm frustrated. But then I'll say, you know, we don't talk to each other that way or whatever it may be. I, I set the limit. I'm firm. But then during the day, I try and give her a few more hugs, a few more kisses, um, you know, some smiles because something's going on. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily awful. Right. She's just probably trying out a new personality or confused about a friendship or whatever. It doesn't really matter. But I want her to know that the unconditional love is still there. Well, yeah. I mean, the example I think of when you talk about that is, for some reason, JC. Like, some JC loves to push buttons, and sometimes it drives me crazy. And when I'm in a good place, I'll say, wow, you really, it really feels like you need some extra attention today. Mm, excellent. And I don't even know if that comes off sounding good, but I, I do my best to try to give her extra special hugs or kisses or look her in the eye and listen to her. Because it's it's just attention seeking. It's just behavior. attention seeking behavior, and so she's pushing buttons not because she's a manipulative, awful right, child. Exactly. All these things we label our kids. It's they don't know how to communicate their needs, <clears throat> and so we, as the adult, it's our job to take care of ourselves so we can look through that behavior, like the grudge holding, like where a child will do something in the morning, mm-hmm. and then you pick them up from school, and they'll be like, "Well, you know," and the parent will be like. 
well, yeah, if you wouldn't have said that to me this morning, we'd be going to Jamba Juice, right. but now we're not. Let it go. Grudge holding. Yeah. Like, don't be a kid with your kid. Mm-hmm. Be an adult who can't, because sometimes I will be so firm with the kids, like, really, you know, this is not okay, whatever. And then three minutes later, it's like, okay, what are we going to have for dinner? Right. I'm not saying that's easy. Sometimes I need to take a break or take deep breaths. And as you know, sometimes I'm like, I got to get out of here for a little bit. Right. We're all human here. But that's, I know, my job. Right. I'm very clear that my job is to teach them mature behaviors, and I have to role model it for them to learn it. You know what I can't stand? What? Uh, this voice. They come home from school sometimes with this voice. I, oh, totally. My gosh. That is like <laughs> ripping my heart out. It's sassy voice. Sassy voice. And I think that I'm a bad parent when I hear that voice because I say, no way. No. And my And I feel like I should let him process it or something, but I'm like, that ain't that ain't flying in this house and I don't know why I have this baggage with that voice. It's just a voice. Why do I care so much about that terrible, terrible voice? I think it just kinda of brings up an image of like a girl who's like Bleh, who's like kinda of, I don't even know what the word is, but it's just sassy. And what I've said to them is if you want to use that voice with your friends, that's your choice. But at home, we don't use that voice. I won't respond to that voice. And they don't really do it that much around us anymore that I... I mean, every once in a while. Oh, they'll bring it out. Well, but understand, JC already went through that, and we talked her through it. Now Cameron's doing it, but we can't be like, you already know this, because she didn't know. She's right. hearing it for the first time. Yeah. Skylar's going to go into first grade or whatever, and she's going to try it. Mm-hmm. Kids try on personalities. They try voices. Mm-hmm. And instead of acting as if we've already told her a million times, we didn't. Mm-hmm. We told JC. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like I would rather have her scream at me and swear words at me <laughs> than hear that voice. Dad, just, come on. Holy. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, but see, I did it too. Well, and I think about when I was a freshman in high school, and, you know, obviously we're talking about an eight, you know, eight, six, and four, uh-huh. but I was the biggest smart aleck in high yes. school. I would have hated myself in high school. Right. Like, as an adult, seeing me be a smart aleck, but, you know, I turned out okay. You did. But that phase. Ugh. But don't you think that was probably a way you dealt with your emotions? Don't you think being a smart aleck is a defense? Defense mechanism. Chandler Bing? Right. Yes. Chandler Bong. Chandler Bong. I think that's just a way of dealing with our feelings. So, anyway, you wanted to talk about something. You wanted We're to talk watching, about the X Factor. Uh, Kathy's been watching the X Factor with girls. It's kind of this American Idol type of show. And I just thought it was a big moment in my parenting when i saw cameron each of the girls has their favorite artist that they don't want to get voted off right it's the person that they like have most connected with and cameron's is lakota rain lakota rain or as i like to call it dakota schmain no and she calls it dakota rain all the time too but so they were in the bottom too so there was a chance that they were going to be voted off and be sent home right and before they even found out if she got sent home it's a band it's a group yeah lakota rain she lost it. Yeah. She melted down before they even were voted off. Like even the possibility that they were voted off. Bottom two. She lost it. Like she, I could, like it was a, she just started bawling. Yeah. And I, we couldn't believe it and we couldn't even watch it. So she and I went in the other room and you guys told us that they didn't get voted off. But I don't know what's going to happen when this group gets <laughs> voted off, but it's going to be. Can everybody vote for Lakota Rain <laughs> yeah. this week, please? That's our. That's what we're asking. Just to, And actually, Cameron and I had many talks after that because we, 
part of the reason it's not the only reason I like X Factor so we're enjoying watching it together but Cameron's a lot like her mama and things she affect her feels. she feels things she's very sensitive and so this is I've envisioned it I think of it as good practice mm-hmm. for her not in getting hurt but in how to deal with disappointment right. it's like because it happened in the judges homes too people right. got voted off and Cameron would look at me with these eyes and she'd be so sad and I'd be like honey those people are okay you don't have to carry the weight of their disappointment and she needs to practice that and have tools to handle those kind of things. Well, and for the dads out, like there's a hard, it's hard for me to understand why she cares so much. And then I thought of when the Cowboys and the 49ers win the NFC Championship when I was mm-hmm. like nine years old. And Dwight Clark, all the dads will know what I'm talking about, and maybe some of the moms. Dwight Clark caught this pass from Joe Montana and basically just reached into my heart and pulled it out. And I was so, so sad. And um, so this is like her version of sports. It is. And there'll be many others. And I think what the discussions you and I have had and why we even want to share this is we've got to respect that. It's the exact same thing as we're talking about with respecting our kids and understanding them and and allowing them to process. Because I think a lot of parents would say, it's just a show. It's no big deal. What's wrong with you? What's your problem? Her problem is mm-hmm. she's sensitive and caring and loving, mm-hmm. and she connected with this band, and they're getting voted off. Right. And even if they haven't been voted off quite yet, it makes her sad. Right. And <clears throat> the goal is to not tell her why she's wrong and to tell her that she's silly for feeling that way. It's to help her process her emotion. Feel your feelings. Exactly. Um, so um, we talked about our partners already, so we're done with that. Um, if you, if anybody out there wants to partner with us, let us know because we're always looking for new partners. Especially for 2012, yeah. 2012, yeah. Uh, uh, and then uh, you got a few books? I do. Well, I'm putting together this gift set for the holidays. So you can buy both my books, a journal, and this little beautiful angel ornament um, that I put on the top that I, I – didn't it look nice? It looks I awesome. showed you. It looks really – it's a great gift. And I wrap it. Mm-hmm. And you can order it. It's only 25 bucks. That's it. So if you were to order both books just separately, you'd already be at like 27 And I'm giving you – and the journal is – it's very – it's totally minimal. It's just a white blank journal. And I did that on purpose because I don't want to direct you in your questions. Right. I want you to write down what comes to you and I want you to draw on the cover or to not. Mm-hmm. You know, I it's it's white blank for a reason. It's there's a method to that. It's the deal of the century. It is. So anyway, go to my website. Um, and I'm not quite sure if it's up yet. I gotta be honest. It's Drew's up. working on my website. But it's KathyCAdams.com or KathyCassaniAdams.com. And, um, you know, just put it in your head. It'd be a great um, gift for Thanksgiving, too. That's right. And so that's it. So uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Movie line next week because we ran out of time. So uh, this is Todd Adams saying farewell. And this is Kathy Adams. Have a great week. <laughs>